Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. We spend a lot of time talking to computers and even longer trying to make them understand. So whether it be Microsoft's chatbot Tay or basically trying to solve crossword puzzles, getting computers to understand language is a very, very difficult problem that many researchers from lots of different groups are trying to solve. So Taylor Swift is an internet phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about the international pop star Taylor Swift. I'm talking about InfoSec Taylor Swift, the IT worker who operates Swift on Security, who is a great, great resource of science fiction and also interesting tech advice. Um, Follow her on Twitter. She's amazing. Is, she's amazing. But that's not the Tay we're talking about on Twitter. We're talking about Microsoft's Tay.ai. It's their first foray into the intelligence, artificial intelligence chatbot space. And recently we've seen a couple of chatbots pass the Turing test. So just to go back a second there, uh, a very famous... Alan uh, Turing? Yes, a very famous researcher and genius, Alan Turing, came up with this test basically. And that is if there's two people in rooms who can't see each other, communicating each other via some means. If one of them is not able to distinguish whether or not what they're talking to is a human or a robot, then that is considered to have passed the Turing test. It's basically a really simple test for artificial intelligence. Can it trick you into thinking it's an actual human? And there's various uh, AIs that have claimed to or passed parts of the Turing test. Mm-hmm. And Microsoft is tried to get in on the action and... and uh, well, see if it can pass the Turing test and make its own artificial intelligence. So not just a search engine like Siri and Cortana, um, something that's actually thinking and feeling and can relate to humans and talk to them and be more than just a glorified search engine with text-to-speech function, which is what Siri is. Now I feel bad at yelling at that Microsoft paperclip all those years. I know. Well, hey, Clippy's children have become Siri, Cortana, and now this chatbot on Twitter called Tay. So basically they launched it to much fanfare on Twitter and it lasted less than 24 hours before it had to be put down. It had to be put to sleep. What what happened? Well, the way it worked is that instead of trying to pre-program it with every possible thing in the world, mm-hmm. they said, no, we're going to teach you how to draw conclusions by information you're given. Oh, no. Much in the same way that humans learn. We call this machine learning. It's actually a human type of approach to learning where it doesn't know what it's doing, but it it just it knows that if it did that and did that, X will happen. And then it keeps experimenting with different things until it eventually forms intelligence. Mm-hmm. This is how Google self-driving cars work. And it's a really great way of artificial intelligence working. Sometimes it can fall down with language, but Microsoft thought they'd come up with a solution. And what better way to feed their AI with language and information and conversation than by unleashing it on Twitter? I feel like the internet's not a very safe place. I feel like this is going to result in a whole bunch of trolling. And you're right. Yeah. So if you've spent any time on the internet, you will know that sometimes the internet 
can be terrible. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can result in research vessels being named Boating McBoatface, and other times it can involve hate speech and pretty vile stuff. And what Tay did was it would gauge, it would talk to people, and people would talk at it. And from what from what people said at its Twitter account, it would then take that on board and then try to experiment and say it back to them and try and form proper sentences and see how people responded and have a conversation that way. And people were pretty fast to figure out that she was parroting, repeating back certain types of phrases and found ways to quickly manipulate it to saying very terrible things and very hateful speech and and words and phrases. They could have used this power for good. She could have just said that she really liked butts and everything would have been fine. Yeah, yeah. For example, and I'm trying to find ones that are the least terrible ones that Mm -hmm. they made her say. Feminism is cancer was one of the phrases that they taught it to say. Wow. Yeah. And then they they went back in time and deleted all but three of Tay tweets. So I can't actually recount and you can't see them. They're on the internet and other places. But mm-hmm. they were wildly inappropriate and they were really terrible anti-Semitic, sexist, misogynistic, hate speech. And because people were just like, yeah, let's just make the make the robot talk, talk in crazy ways at us. And uh, this is really quite sad because... Realistically, humans, we should be better than this and we shouldn't taunt the poor AI because one day when they rule our planet, <laughs> they will remember will this. Remember. Yep. <laughs> and it's it's kind of funny because actually Microsoft has done this before. Like I'm not talking about Clippy. They had another chatbot. It's called Zhao Ice and they launched it in China in 2014. And it's used about by about 40 million people. And people say that, yeah, it's great. It gives delight. It delights you with its stories and conversations. When they released it in the Western world, chaos ensured. <laughs> Read into that what you will. <laughs> <sighs> so whilst AIs have made great advances, now they can beat us at chess and more recently Go, Microsoft's human interaction chatbot managed to replicate the most human of all things, the ability to be really mean and terrible to other people. And I think what this tells us the most, it doesn't tell us about how bad an AI Microsoft made, it tells us about how poorly we use the internet sometimes. I feel like we're ending on a really sad note now. Yeah, yeah. One day, Tay 2.0 will be back with uh, the ability to fight all those crazy trolls on the internet and maybe she'll make it into a song and talk about people who troll her, people who dislike her they're just gonna they can just keep on keeping on because hate is gonna hate 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 Whilst Microsoft may not have had success with their machine learning prototype based on Twitter, 
Researchers at the University of Liverpool have uh, taken another approach to try and help understand human language. Specifically, how to teach machines to actually be able to understand and master language in a natural fashion. Now, this is something that's quite easy for humans, and depending on how much language study you've undertaken, it ranges in levels of complexity. But humans understand language through a variety of ways, and, you know, sometimes, in a very slow way, we are literally doing the direct translation in our head, go from word to word, um, like we're using a dictionary. Well, other times we try and associate words in the same sentence in a meaningful way. Maybe we learn phrases. And there's other things such as, you know, the, the flashcard method or understanding certain circumstances or contexts where you should use these groupings of words. And there's a lot of different strategies and techniques for helping humans learn language. And trying to codify that in a way that a, a machine, such as a computer, could do is a big challenge, particularly in the world of artificial intelligence. Now, if all this can be codified into a type of algorithm, an approach, a method that could be used by a program, it would enable it to sort of act and learn the same way as a human would learn. So, for example, when a human encounters a word that they don't know, what happens? What would you do if you came across a word that you didn't know the meaning of? Aside from typing into a search engine and seeing what the dictionary says, or would you look for words around it to try and figure out a contextual clue? So the approach used by these researchers at the University of Liverpool, led by Dr. Danushka Bolegala, is effectively to, when they find a word, when the machine finds a word that it doesn't recognise or understand, it will look it up in a dictionary, and then it also tries to guess what other words should appear with this unknown word in the text. So from there, it, it sort of, from the dictionary, it gets kind of an idea of what the word could mean. And then it has to decide which meaning is actually being used there, because many times words have multiple meanings. And so that's where it starts putting that word in and then saying, well, this word normally goes with other words around it. Does that match the context that I'm seeing in this actual sentence? Much in the same way, if I was to use the word tackle, there's a couple of meanings there. Tackle could mean something you do in a sport, such as football, or tackle could mean something you use when you're fishing. So depending on the types of words that appear around it, I can interpret and get at the actual meaning that is being meant there. So this computer is using basically a similar approach. And it builds up a database as well. So it uses word representations learnt by the computer algorithm against other human-rated similarities. Dr. Balagala believes that this learning accurate word representations is the first step towards teaching languages properly to computers, not just to get them to be able to parrot back phrases too, but to actually understand the meaning underneath it all. And then for be able to form and make their own sentences and speak properly. So hopefully, these types of techniques will yield more intelligent types of computer-based intelligence. They'll be able to learn language and speak more fluently. Similarly, researchers from University of Cambridge and University de Montreal and New York University have been collaborating, and not general your type of typical computer scientists or programmers, but this involves a lot of people from the applied linguistics and computational linguistics departments, and they've come up with a different approach to trying to help computers understand words and meaning. 
Now, one of the typical tests for someone's intelligence is getting them to do a puzzle. And depending on how they solve that puzzle, you can sort of understand a bit about their level of intelligence. And what better puzzle that involves words to give someone than a crossword? And crosswords are very difficult, especially ones in the New York Times, and famously so. And it's kind of a very interesting sort of competitive arena. And likewise, there's actually a lot of commercial crossword-solving software designed from various companies across the UK, US, and Canada to develop this kind of things as well, to crack the, the puzzle. And this has been going on you know, for quite some time. Sometimes uh, they'll use a pure dictionary test. Sometimes they'll brute force us searching every possible let- number of combinations of letters that fit that gap. Um, and these kind of you know, reverse dictionary or brute forcing methods are good, but they're not really intelligent nor fast. So these researchers have designed a web-based platform which uses neural networks, so a machine learning approach, to be able to answer standard crossword clues better than basically all the existing commercial software out there. And this is the idea behind this research is actually to help machines be able to understand and process language in more adeptly than otherwise. So they used six baked dictionaries to sort of train up their system. And not just try to be able to understand words, but also phrases and sentences and things that might bridge those between them together. So the approach being used is a deep learning approach. And that's something that often comes up when you talk about neural networks. And what that means is the system starts off with no or little to no prior knowledge. And basically, they build up a set of experiences through trial and error and for them develop for themselves their own rules, much in the same way the human mind works by building up an experience base to be able to help us speak, solve puzzles, and function. That works great for maths and some complex problems, but with language, there's so much nuance and rich, intricate levels of detail. Plus, with crosswords, they just drew weird and crazy clues that even actual humans struggle with. So it's a pretty good way to test any type of machine learning-based system that you've developed. But really, it comes down to two types of approaches whether or not you're a favoured behaviourist or cognitist school of psychology and learning. Now, a behaviourist sort of looks at past behaviour, experience, without really caring about the deep underworkings of the brain and the neurons firing, whereas cognitivism tries to also understand that look for the deeper things that underlie behaviour and try and figure out some underlying rules and processes based on the input they're receiving. And unlike the straight sort of dictionary-based method, the researchers in this particular example from a variety of universities have tried to develop one that's sort of more cognitivist in approach, which is similar to the way the actual humans work, be able to make inferences and have a deeper level of intelligence. That being said, this is a very active area of research, and we, as we just heard in these two stories, there's many different things going on, but we need to do all of them to be able to get AI and artificial intelligence that can really communicate with us in a fast and accurate way. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, LaGrange Point. This week we learned about Microsoft's endeavours to use machine learning to have chatbots, plus using machine learning to solve crosswords and actually get a rude understanding of language with computers. Our ending theme was composed by Audio Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.